Let's pray together. Uh, Father, thank you um, for this time, Lord, and just hearing uh, and being encouraged of uh, just hearing about your work, that the, seeing the evidence of fruit in my life. Lord, that's because of your grace, Lord. For all of us here, Lord, uh, your people, uh, we are truly connected to the vine, and that's because of your grace and for your glory. I pray tonight, Lord, that you would encourage us, that you would stir us, Lord, and uh, renew our minds, purify our hearts, strengthen us as we look at your word, as we look at Sola Dea Gloria. Um, I need you, Lord, um, to, to use me um, and to open our ears uh, by your spirit. Um, and, and let it be a testimony that you truly was glorified tonight. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm actually going off of, um, get my time set right here. I'm going off script. Um, I need to be encouraged. Uh, we all need to be encouraged. And so I'm going to go straight to Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Uh, if you have a Bible, you can... Turn to that. If you're visiting Cross Point, there's a Bible in front of you, and um, take that home with you. Take it as a gift to us. I've always wanted to say that. Never mind. Everyone, no one's here as a, a visitor. <laughs> I finally get to say it. Yes, but no. Um, so Ephesians chapter two. <sighs> this is all of us. This is every one of us. And you were dead. And the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of the power, course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It's glory to God. <laughs> For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The word of God for the people of God. 
I'll be honest with you, um, growing up in the church, my mother is a Baptist, and my father is hardcore Catholic. Don't know how that mixed, don't know how that happened, but um, yeah, so growing up in church, I wasn't a believer. I didn't become a believer until I was 25. Um, I've heard the term glory to God many times, but I never, I didn't know anything about Reformed theology until maybe a year or two after I got saved. Like Brad said, I was kind of cloudy in my theology when I first became a believer. But we didn't hear about John Calvin or Martin Luther. We heard about Martin Luther King, but we didn't hear about Martin Luther. (laughs) Yeah, we did. But we didn't hear about Martin Luther, the reformer. So hearing about the five solas um, years after I became a believer, um, I didn't really understand it. I didn't really get it. I mean, I knew God deserved glory, um, but I didn't know why. It was kind of like he's God, so he deserves glory. But what was in between that or before that, I didn't, I didn't get that really. Um, so the, in the, the weeks that we've been here together looking at the five solas, it's just been a refresher to me. And I hope it's been a refresher to you all. And I've been given the great task uh, to speak about the glory of God um, in 30 minutes. That's, uh, that's, that's kind of heavy. Um, but we're, we're going to get to it. And tonight is going to be kind of different. Um, not, it's not going to be much of a, like a history, um, a topical type uh, message. We're really going to look at the five solas briefly as it pertains to the to solo dea gloria. And then we're going to look at scripture. And we're going to look at some applications. Um, because every person here who is a believer is a believer because of the glory of God. Every person here who is a believer because of the glory of God will continue to be a believer because of the glory of God. Everyone here who is a believer because of the glory of God will continue to be a believer because of the glory of God. And when they die, when we die and we are with God forever, it will be to the praise of his glory. Amen? So, Let's dive into it. Solo Scriptura, we talked about, Robert preached on, uh, taught about, and, and just seeing how Scripture alone, the authority of God in word form is truly and alone. It's, it's the word of God that keeps us, that, that continues to keep us on course, to purify us, to rebuke us, uh, to keep us together as a church. And that is the word of God is what points us to the gospel for the glory of God. Solo gratia, uh, by grace alone. It's not by works, as we read. Uh, it's, it's not by um, how many times we tithe or how many times we come to church. It's by the sovereign grace of God that a person becomes a believer and remains a believer. That a person bears fruit. It's because of the grace of God outside of the person, but from the sovereign grace of God for his glory. Solo fide, by faith alone, which is a gift, as we read. It's not anything that we bring to God before salvation. It's something that God gives to us to keep us in salvation, to bear fruit within salvation. By faith alone, it's a gift. Solus Christus. Christ, 
this is nothing without Christ. We are nothing without Christ but wrath absorbers. Christ alone, the finished work of Christ, the person of Christ, who is truly equal with the Father, who shares glory with the Father. God says in Scripture in the Old Testament that he says, I will never share my glory with anyone. But for Jesus to say in John chapter 17 that he shares glory with the Father shows that he is truly God, the true God-man. And through Christ alone, salvation is true and is sure, seeing Christ as supreme. And we get to Sola Dea Gloria, which every other solar points to the glory of God. Sola Dea Gloria is the launch pad, the surrounding sky of all the other solas. It's, it's, it's the substance of all the other solas. And let's, let's be honest, for the, with the glory of God, God, God is not in a corner in heaven waiting on someone to say, glory to God, for him to say, oh, me? I deserve glory? Okay, yeah, thanks. God is all, he's glorious. He's, he deserves glory because he is God. God does not log on to social media to wait and see if a person is going to tag him in a picture because they took a picture next to a tree, next to his, his creation, for him to say, oh, wow, they appreciate me. God is glorious without our approval. And God is not coming up with the concept of glorify me, to me glory alone, by looking at the mirror and giving himself a, a self-esteem uh, speech to say, I, I deserve glory. They're going to give me my glory. It doesn't work like, like that. God is glorious. He deserves the glory. And if we're honest with ourselves, if we're honest with ourselves, as the image bearers of God, we do the worst job at glorifying God. And I'm not saying that to beat us up or anything like that. I'm saying that so we can be sober-minded to see the beauty of God's glory in saving us. God tells the ocean, go this far. The ocean does that. God tells the birds, fly this far or fly this way. The birds, they do that. God tells the sun, shine right here. Don't go anywhere else. The sun does that. God tells the very image bearers of himself, do what I say. We say, I'm not doing that. We say, I'm not doing that. If we're honest with ourselves, if we put a mirror in front of ourselves, we say to God's glory, I'm good. So how can the all-glorious one redeem a people who fall short of his glory and still remain glorious? I'm glad you asked. And we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I, wanna, I want us to look at some Old Testament scriptures on the glory of God. Even thinking about um, how creation testifies to the glory of God. Psalm 19, um, 
chapter 19, verse 1, it's, it's up there. If you uh, put that up there for a second. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. So basically what I'm seeing, what I'm reading, is that creation evangelizes to the onlooking world about the glory of God. Proclaims. says it proclaims his handiwork. The heavens declare the glory of God. Let's look at some other scripture in the Old Testament about the glory of God. Deuteronomy 5, verse 24. And in the Old Testament, it's the Hebrew language um, where we see the glory of God. Where it speaks of glory, it's the word kabod, which means weight. Weightiness, heaviness, uh, splendor, honor. As we see in the Old Testament, the Hebrew language, kabod. Deuteronomy 5, verse 24. And you said, Moses speaking to the, the, the children of Israel, and you said, they said it's about God. Behold, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. This day we have seen God speak with man, and man still live. 1 Kings 8, verse 11. And when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled with the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Exodus chapter 24 verses 15 through 17. Then Moses went up on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out from the, of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. And I was looking at the Old Testament. I was looking at the word glory. Uh, jazz at the table. I was at the table. I had the concordance. And just looking at the word glory. Just, and looking at the Old Testament scriptures. And a lot of times what I saw was... That using the Old Testament scriptures, when, when God's glory was seen, um, a lot of times it had to do with God reassuring his people of salvation. Other times it was God bringing forth wrath or bringing forth judgment to his people because they were not satisfied with his character or his promises. Other times it was God glory, God's glory also reassuring his servant, Moses or Aaron. It was also seen to consecrate things like Aaron's robe and, and the temple. And I thought about that too, the temple. God's glory usually being seen in the temple, filling the temple. And then in the New Testament, you see we hear that who's the temple of God? We are. We're the temple of God in Christ being made alive. We are a new people because of the glory of God, the temple of God as the Holy Spirit Dwells in, dwells in us. So I asked a question earlier. How can a all-glorious God redeem a people who we have the title, we say as ourselves, we all fall short of the glory of God. How can a glorious God redeem those who have fallen short of his glory and still remain glorious? 
And here's the gospel. God being all good, being perfect, holy, glorious, who deserves glory alone, created everything. He created everything good. And when I say God, I'm not just talking about a God and then Jesus is a, a prophet, just a man, and the spirit is a force. I say God, I'm saying Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three distinct persons, one God. God created everything good. When he created man, as I said earlier, he created man in his own image to glorify him, to enjoy him, to talk with him, to, to testify to the world as the cre- other parts of creation does to his goodness. The image bearers of God fail, and they fail hard. God says to enjoy me, but don't do this that will actually separate you from me. And God's image bearer said, I'm going to do the, the total opposite of enjoying you. I'm going to seek my own wisdom. I'm going to seek my own joy. And what happens? They're separated from God. And through the course of time, here we are now, all of us, every person who is an image bearer of God has been born separated from God. But God in his kindness and all of his glory has made a way to redeem those who fall short of his glory while still remaining glorious. And he does it by faith alone, by grace alone, and in Christ alone. This is what he does. He places the people in Christ before the foundation of the world. He doesn't wait to say, oh, all right, I know Brad says little Johnny, I'm going to say Jahim. All right, Jahim, you've been a good little boy. You didn't steal your little sister's cookie today, so you deserve to be made right with God. It doesn't work that way. God places the people in Christ before the foundation of the world so that he can get the glory glory alone. And it would be by grace alone. And what happens when Jesus comes, he comes and he knows the people who he's come to live and die for and be raised for. He comes to live a perfect life. And this Jesus is not just a mere man. This Jesus is human like us, but he is the only one who shares the glory with the Father in heaven. He lives a perfect life. He never sins. Not once. He's tempted. In every way. But where we would fall, he doesn't fall. And at the end of his life, he doesn't just die of old age. He lays his life down. For those who fall short of the glory of God, the one who shares the glory with God lays his life down to be crushed as if he Sin against God every second. The perfect one actually dies. It wasn't just the Roman guards whooping Jesus. It was the wrath of God being poured onto Jesus. For us, for those who he came to die for. And Jesus actually dies. He's buried for three days. And he's raised from the grave, vindicating that his sacrifice is official. And that those who will put their trust in him will also be made alive. 
and receive his righteousness by faith alone. And this is what happens. All who have put their trust in Jesus Christ by hearing, by the preaching of the gospel, are sealed with the Holy Spirit to live to the glory of God alone. Because it is because of the glory of God, in the glory of God, and to the glory of God, that people are saved in the first place and kept. Jesus ascends to heaven, and he's now at the right hand of the Father. The Spirit is sent for all of his people who hears the gospel. And our boast, when we see this properly, can truly and only be to God be the glory alone. Because what happens, this is what will happen. If we just look at salvation and say, all right, the reason why I'm saved is because I didn't do this. And I, this particular day I did this and then God accepted me. Honestly, we may not say it, but who gets the glory in that? We'll get the glory. Well, try to at least. But what God does, he, he, he trips us up on that. And it's, it's a good trip up that he shows us that the reason why you're saved in the first place is because of my grace. And the reason why you're kept is because of the faith that I've given you to be satisfied in Christ in the first place. So something to ask ourselves, how are we living this out? And I can, we can do the application points. Um, when we think about our salvation, are we truly thinking about to God be the glory alone? Or is it just something that we say? And I was thinking about this earlier. Solar Day of Glory is not just an, uh, a proclamation. It's a lifestyle. To the glory of God alone, it's a lifestyle. The reformers, when they, when they, when they penned these solas, I'm sure to the glory of God alone was woven into all of that. It wasn't like, oh, all right. Scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone. Ah, glory to God alone. Like, no. It was, it was woven into all the, the four solas to, to, to burst forth as, as the grand finale, the, the last solar, solar dea gloria. So for us, like truly, honestly, we, if we examine our hearts, um, are we living to the glory of God? Because I said, like I said, it's not just in a, a proclamation, it's a lifestyle. And that lifestyle is this right here. Look into God's grace, his word, the faith that he gives, Jesus, and being satisfied in that more than anything that you attempt. That truth, those truths will grab you, will stir you, and truly you will live to the glory of God alone. So uh, a few application points. As a community, as a community, let's live out the five solas. Um, Like I said, growing up in the the Baptist church and then sometime going to uh, mass with my father, um, you hear something about the glory of God here and there. Um, But especially in the Catholic church, we didn't talk about the five solas. And then in the Baptist church, they didn't talk about it like that. Not that I know. I don't remember them talking about it. But 
That's not just, all right, we're going through a series, five solos. All right, we went through that. Cool. Yeah, we're reformed. Let's um, live out the five solas. Apply solo scriptura to your life. Know that scripture alone is God's breathed word for his people. The Bible is the story of God, God's glory, the reality and weightiness of God's glory, how God's glory is reverence, how God's image bearers have fallen short of his glory, how the one who was shared, who shared with him in his glory, redeemed the people, and how his glory and for his glory, his people enjoy him and glorify him forever without any sin or unhealthy distractions. When we, when we get to glory, and no more sin, no more distractions. We will glorify God forever. Apply solo gratia in your life. Know that it's by grace alone that you have been saved, that God chose you in Christ for his name's sake, and that, and that grace that has been given to you to save you is still in and for you to keep you. Do not nullify that grace by focusing on yourself, but... Focus on Christ and apply solo fide to your life. Know that the faith you have been have been given to be satisfied in the person of Christ, to feast on Christ, to trust his person and to continue to walk in his finished work. Praise God. And to obey his commandments. Know that that faith is a glorious gift from God to attach you to the living Christ. And apply solo solus Christus uh, to your life. Know that it is by Christ alone. Know that the sufficiency of Christ, uh, and read the Gospels. Just read all the Bible, but at the same time, dive into the Gospels to, to read about the ministries of Christ as he glorified the Father. Fight against the subtle objections that Jesus isn't enough. Even if you see him as exclusive, as Will talked about, fight and pray. Pray and fight until you see him as supreme. And let that be the thirst of your soul and continue to drink and drink well. Also, be humbled by the glory of God. Our next point. Every time I read Ephesians uh, chapter 1 and just see how it's because of God's love that he placed me in Christ, I'm humbled by that. Because in our day and age, it's easy to... um, you know, see some achievement here and there and, and put a medal on it and be like, man, I'm the man or I'm the girl. Um, but seeing that the ultimate reality of my life or your life has been chosen uh, by the God of, of all things. And it will be kept by the God of all things. So be humbled by the glory of God. And, and, and that, I think that will really produce both. It will produce you living, us living to the glory of God. And then finally, uh, live to the praise of God's glory. Praise. That, that's, that's a lifestyle. Live to the praise of God's glory. And something to think about to leave us with as I close. Um, I think I got it. A couple of minutes, I can read real quick this, this, uh, this um, quote. But living to the praise of God's glory isn't just getting excited when the atmosphere is set, when the, when the lights are low, when the, the guitar has a good hair, guitars have a good hairstyle or something like that, and the drummer's like just straight killing it back there. Um, that's not 
living to the praise of God, that, that shouldn't stir us to live to the praise of God's glory. What should stir us is, according to Scripture, living to the praise of God's glory, is God's sovereign love for us. Jesus' finished work for us. The faith that he has given us to truly please him. And with that, as we continue to look at Scripture, that will stir in us to live uh, to the praise of God's glory. It's the gospel. Just continue to, to be amazed by the gospel. Communicate the gospel. Uh, that's a part of living to the praise of God's glory. Fight sin with the praise and living to the praise of God's glory. Love one another uh, and living to the praise of God's glory. Uh, it's been bought for us and it's going to be kept for us. And when we get the glory, it's going to be amazing. For we will forever live to the praise of God's glory. I don't know how many of y'all have seen Sandlot, like forever. Uh, I'm not going to do it in slow motion and embarrass my wife. But yeah, live to the praise of God's glory. I want to read this quote real quick. It's a pretty lengthy quote, but look at the screen, take in the words. This is by uh, James Boyce. He says, why should God be glorified? The answer is that from him and through him and to him are all things, uh, particularly the work of salvation. Why is man saved? It is not because of anything in men and women themselves, but because of God's grace. It is because God has elected us to it. God has predestined his elect uh, his elect people to salvation from before the foundation of the world. How is man saved? The answer is by the redeeming work of the Lord Jesus, the very Son of God. We cannot save ourselves, but God saved us through the vic uh, victorious or vicarious at atoning death of Jesus Christ. By what power are we brought to faith in Jesus? The answer is by the power of the Holy Spirit through what the theologians call effectual calling. God calls, quickens us to new life. How can we become holy? Holiness is not something that originates in us, is achieved by us, or is sustained by us. It is due to God's joining us to Jesus so that we have become different persons than we were before he did it. We have died to sin and been made alive to righteousness. We have died to sin and been made alive to righteousness. Now, there is no direction for us to go in the Christian life but forward. Praise God. Where are we headed? Answer, to heaven. Because Jesus is preparing a place in heaven for us. How can we be sure of arriving there? It is because God who began the work of our salvation, will continue it until we do. I'm, I just want to read it again. I'm sorry. How can we be sure of arriving there, Christian? It is because God, who began the work, praise God, of salvation, will continue it until we do. God never begins a work that he does not eventually bring to a happy and complete conclusion. To him be the glory forever. Amen.
Let's pray together. Father God, thank you um, that we can look at uh, some of the text as far as seeing your glory. I pray, Lord, that um, as I said earlier, that we just we won't look at the five solas, Lord, or just in celebrating the 500 year of the Reformation as just a tag on to our uh, our lives, whether we call ourselves Reformed or not, or Calvinist or not. But Lord, that we will look at what the Reformers were pointing to, what the Reformers protested, why they protested. It was for your glory alone that they saw in the text your work for your people apart from uh, our failures or achievements. But you chose us in love and placed us in Christ to keep us in Christ. And it's all for your glory. So I pray, Lord, again, that we will apply solo their glory in our lives, that we will apply the five solas, and that we will truly by that be stirred to glorify you until, Father God, until we make it to the end, to glory. We will be with you forever without any sins or distractions or any blurred vision. We pray all these things, Lord. Pray that you will bless our households, Lord, and just bless us on tonight to practically live out solo dead Gloria. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.